Hello, hello, welcome back to the All Good Juju podcast. I am your host, Brittany Basinski. I'm so glad that you showed up today because we are in the three-part healing series. The first part was physical healing, healing with food. Today, I will be sharing all on emotional healing and our next and final series will be on spiritual healing. And I've been healing on this healing journey for the last eight to 10 years, so a while. And it has been one of the best things I've ever done for myself, walking through the world as a healed person and not an unhealed person. And there's such a difference in how you experience the world as a healed person on a physical, emotional, and spiritual level than as you walk through the world as an unhealed person. And as you heal, you'll be able to identify who is healed and who is not just by your communication with them, your interactions with them, you'll know. And then you'll be able to look at your own healing journey and be like, man, I'm so glad I did the work. I'm so glad I showed up for myself. Because when you show up for yourself, you're able to show up for others in the way that they need you to show up for them and in the way that you need to show up for yourself, right? So an unhealed person can look like someone who blames others for their feelings, someone who is triggered often by things that others are saying. They tend to have very strong emotional feelings and opinions. They tend to be argumentative. They tend to have narcissistic tendencies. They tend to be more selfish. They tend to be less understanding. They tend to hold grudges. They tend to see the world through their lens. And they tend to cling on to the the story around hurt and pain. And the healed person walks through life and experiences life and relationships with ease and understanding, with so much empathy and this knowing of Everyone has their own problems, and not all problems are mine. I don't have to take on the responsibility of everyone's feelings, even when they're triggered by something that maybe I've said. It doesn't make me wrong. It makes me um, a catalyst for their own healing, right? I'm not saying you can just get away with saying mean things all the time or whatever, not necessarily mean things. It could just be anything. It could be your political point of view and then someone's triggered and they're angry at you. Or it's a religious perspective and someone's you know, triggered and they're angry at you. Rather than just a healed person would take something that someone had said and even if it was negative, realize this person has a lot of feeling around this topic. And obviously, at the root of that, that brings out something that they need to heal. So if you're talking about something and a religious topic comes up and that person is triggered and angry, um, a healed person would respond with gentleness, love, compassion, 
empathy, understanding, and a sense of removal from it. Because as a healed person, you experience the world almost separately. Because you start to understand that everyone's emotions, everyone's struggles are and stories that they tell themselves are uniquely to themselves. And that you don't have to be a part of certain narratives. You don't have to be a part of certain stories or even emotions attached to things and people. You start to have this sense of detachment and you start to realize, I'm walking alone, truly, in this journey on this planet. I have friends and family, but I'm in my own body. And I have my own thoughts. And, I ha- and I'm, I'm doing my own work to experience the world in my own unique way. And we share our lives with others, right? But we walk with our own feet. We think with our own head. And that's why it's so important to kind of understand we are a part of the collective. We are a part of this united force of souls on this planet. Yes. We are all connected. Yes. We are the collective. But we are individuals, and we each got our own story that we tell or that we don't tell, and it can mess with us if we're unhealed. It can start to make us feel shame. It could start to make us feel lack of empathy. It could start creating some protective layers around us and even create some narcissistic tendencies we could get angry we could get defensive we can be selfish when we're unhealed right so healing I want to start talking about when I began my healing and I started noticing once I removed myself from my family unit and I moved off to college and I lived in the dorms and I had a wonderful boyfriend, and he was older than me, so wiser, and really kind of helped guide me. Like my husband, we are married now. Um, but then he became my guide. And I do think he is my soulmate because I do think I would not be, I'm getting emotional. <laughs> I do think I would not be where I'm at today without him. Because I met him at such a pivotal point in my life. I had just left the nest. And my childhood was... It was full of love from my parents who tried so hard. But it was very traumatic. And I've shared some trauma stories. I shared a whole trauma series on my Instagram probably maybe six or so months ago. Sharing the most traumatic, painful things that ever happened to me. From witnessing dog fights in trailer parks to abuse to alcoholism in the family to you name it. I mean, it was tough to growing up poor, living on food stamps for a short amount of time, not being able to afford heat, so having pneumonia and illnesses that just all stemmed from not having money. I ended up having lead poisoning as a child because my parents couldn't afford quality daycare and they both worked full time. So, you know, my child care provider let me eat lead paint 
and I had lead poisoning as a child, and I'm probably still recovering from having all those heavy metals in my body, right? And I talk about healing with food and in the uh, the first healing, healing series and how I think that I'm healing just years and years and years of stuff, years of poor nutrition from my childhood, um, just the way that we grew up. And again, like I knew my parents loved me. My mother is a queen. My dad and I have had a struggled relationship for a really long time. Um, but we can make it work. Now that I am a healed person, I'm able to see my dad and his struggles separately than our relationship. And I'm able to see him for who he really is, who he wants to be, and accept him for who he is and who he will always be. And understanding that I can't change our relationship. I can't change how the the hurt and the trauma that he has potentially caused, right, in his destructive years. Um, But I can change how I interact with someone who is unhealed. I can show them love and compassion and empathy and understanding for being unhealed and walking through this world with a burden of struggle and trauma and you know, everything else on their shoulders. And I'm able to love the people who've hurt me the most because of this emotional healing. I'm able to look people in the eye who've hurt me so bad and love them so deeply and forgive. And I kind of got off tangent there, but... Um, I did. I met my husband after I left my family unit and I left, you know, a household that, you know, my parents loved us. They gave us everything they could, but there was just a lot of trauma, a lot, a lot of trauma. And I left at 17 and I lived in the dorms and I had this boyfriend who I ended up marrying and he really was a catalyst for my beginning of this emotional awakening and I spent a lot of time with his family and his family is wonderful and he had a wonderful childhood and they he has great parents I have fantastic in-laws you know like textbook what a mother and father you know how they treat their kids how a functional family like really works and that having a family life without trauma is possible. And I think that God put him in my life to show me like, this is, this is possible. This is, this is capable. And I, we want you to be a part of this. And then we want you to start your own. Right. And even though, you know, in his family, it's, I always felt like it was ideal, right? Like they just, they're a wonderful family. But you start to notice as you heal, there are still some things that are unhealed in just about everyone who hasn't done the emotional work. And it's not a bad thing. It could be certain things like, you know, you're too selfless. You give and give and give and give and give until you have nothing left for yourself and you do for others so much that you don't take time to take care of yourself and then your health declines and certain things like that can be, you know, symptoms of an unhealed person who maybe doesn't have good boundaries, who isn't really protecting their own self in in their life. So 
I think that the people in your lives too can kind of be a catalyst for change, can help you identify like pain points really in your life, like things that you need to heal. And I think seeing like his family unit and and being a part of this family unit um, for so long has one really filled me up and healed me in that way. Um, But two, help me realize that there was more that I needed to heal within myself, that my scars, my trauma needed attention. And I started getting panic attacks and I started getting really bad anxiety probably around my, maybe it was sophomore, junior year of college. I started getting crippling panic attacks. We would be in the car driving and all of a sudden I would dissociate, which means you have this sort of out-of-body experience in the middle of a panic attack, and you don't feel connected to your body. It's literally like your mind leaves your body. It dissociates as a trauma response. So typically this happens where, as a child, you experience some level of trauma, right? Um, Could have been like abuse, like I said, or anything, where the child escapes mentally and dissociates from that difficult emotional situation as as a way to protect themselves because they don't know how to handle it. They don't know how to sit here and be with that feeling, so they leave. And I didn't realize that that's what was happening all those years until very recently. I was like, wow, I, I used to dissociate a lot. I used to, in the height of my panic attack, get totally freaked out because I didn't know like I felt like the my surroundings, I'd be like sometimes in the car, I'd be in my living room and all of a sudden I'd have a panic attack out of nowhere and I'd look around and everything felt new to me. It was like, wow, where am I? Like, Not like I forgot where I was, but it just didn't feel like mine anymore. It felt like I had left my body and I was hovering over it, just looking at this like sad, panicked, anxious girl from above. And then I would come into my body And I would just be so scared. And if I'm honest, during those times, I would almost feel like agoraphobic, which means afraid to leave your house. I would be afraid to leave at certain points because I was afraid I would have a panic attack and dissociate. And I hated that feeling. And it happened quite a bit. Like at the grocery store, I would just be shopping around and then a panic episode would hit. And then I would dissociate. And then out of nowhere, like, it was just certain things happened, like, certain events, or certain places, I would have these events, and these episodes of panic, and anxiety, and it was debilitating, and so I ended up marrying this wonderful high school boyfriend, and we're married now, we've been married six years, we've been together for 12, and he finally said, like, the gig is up. And he, you know, if you listen to the last healing episode, he was the one who was like, hey, you're sick, like physically, you need to get some help. And, you know, I I think this is what you need to do. You need to go to a doctor. Your stomach is all messed up. That doesn't seem normal. So, uh, and now I can say like a lot of your gastroenterology or gastro um, problems, like your gut issues, a lot of that can be linked to emotional trauma. A lot of your physical symptoms. There's a movie on Netflix called Heal. 
the Heal documentary. Highly, highly recommend everyone breathing and listening to this episode. Find that documentary. You might even be able to find it on YouTube if you don't have Netflix. I'm sure you can find it. Watch it. It talks all about how emotional healing is linked to physical healing. So sometimes people have these unknown rashes on their skin and sometimes people develop migraines or develop you know autoimmune issues but it's all tied together and that's why I'm doing the three-part series because you can't heal yourself until you heal all three parts you can't really be a healthy person and walking around with emotional wounds like you it's going to surface again you're going to be sick in some way and to fully feel good, you have to heal the root of all. And sometimes the root of physical issues, physical health ailments is emotional, right? A lot of the times. So when I was having these panic attacks and this anxiety, crippling anxiety to the point where I didn't sometimes even want to go anywhere. And he's like, this is so boring. You, like, you used to be so much fun. Like what's happened to you? And a lot of things, like I had started working a corporate job that I hated, and I tried to be someone I wasn't. I tried to be like the businesswoman, you know, getting out of college and wearing the suits and having these jobs where I'm, I don't know how I manifested them, but I, my like second job out of college, I was managing like 300 accounts. I was 21 or 22. I was traveling around the country, like flying everywhere. I had like a big book of business and it was scary. And I had to wear business suits and do business meetings, have business lunches and, you know, all these crazy things. And I was hanging out with like VPs and executives and just, it was way over my head. And I always felt bigger than my britches. And I was like, who am I trying to be? And I didn't really like the job. I just liked how it made me feel at first. Like I felt important. I felt worthy. I felt, you know, wow, this is a great amount of money. And I'm parking my car next to BMWs every day. And I felt like my existence was validated. Like I had kind of made it and I was, you know, going to climb the ladder and also have a BMW there. And like, I started getting sicker mentally when my body was like physically rejecting my life at that point. Like I was not happy doing those things. Like deep down, I wanted to write books. But I always had someone tell me as a child that, you know, that's a silly, that's a hobby. And maybe it is, right? Like maybe book writing is mostly a hobby. But currently I have made it somewhat of a business. And it happened very organically with minimal effort. Um, through like the power of manifestation and just, you know, uh, faith and prayer and a, a whole lot of things. But I'll say the physical symptoms really manifested more with my anxiety, right? Like those debilitating symptoms. Um, I started getting gut issues again after kind of healing them with diet and exercise and healing with food. It started to resurface and it was an emotional trigger. Uh, my body was literally rejecting where I was in my life. So my husband was like, okay, the gig is up. You got to get some help. Like we're not able to do anything anymore. You, you know, you don't want to go have fun. And if we get somewhere, you're having these panic attacks and then we got to deal with them. And you know, like, I love you and I want you to be normal. Like I want you to feel good. 
you know? Um, so I started therapy and I never looked back because that was one of the best things I ever did for myself was go to talk therapy. And my first therapist, she was great. She looked like Ellen DeGeneres. And I, at that point I loved Ellen DeGeneres. So I was like, okay, I'm in good hands. Um, but I think it's important that you find a therapist that you're comfortable with. And I've been very lucky. Um, the therapist that I have found, I was very comfortable with. So, um, I began my healing journey and started talk therapy and she would give me homework. She would give me a workbook and I have a workbook. Um, I'm blanking at the name of it right now. Oh, it's called thoughts and feelings. So if you think that, oh, I don't know if I can afford a therapist or I don't really know if that's something I feel com- like comfortable doing, I highly recommend buying the book on Amazon. I think it's pretty cheap. It's a workbook. So it's kind of like a self-healing thing, but it was guided through her. And it helps you realize like how, like where your anxiety is in reality versus, you know, in your head. So it's called Thoughts and Feelings. And I did the workbook and I would realize very quickly that I had some very irrational fears. I had fears of passing out, which I still sort of do have like some irrational fears. I think we all do like flying and things like that. I had so many though. I had a workbook or I had a notebook, like a little binder. And I had like four pages front and back of all of these irrational fears. And she had me write them all out. And we went through them. Like, and I felt so much joy when I was able to cross them off and say, wow, I'm not afraid of, you know, getting um, my blood drawn anymore. I'm not afraid of doing this or I'm not afraid of having a seizure out of nowhere. That was one of my fears. Like, I mean, you can laugh if you want because sometimes anxiety can be pretty funny, but I just had these fears of passing out, having a seizure, losing control over my body, which stems from never feeling in control in my life. And at that point, I, was, I felt out of control because I wasn't happy with what I was doing in my career. And then you know, all of this emotional trauma from when I was a child, like I had to start on the emotional healing. And so therapy was also a catalyst to that. And it kind of just connected the dots. Like I found someone who loved me and showed me like a real healed life through his family. And then of course we're creating our own um, and we're going even deeper into that, you know, emotional work. Um, but therapy, therapy, therapy. I can't, rec- like I said, I can't recommend it enough. After I had my children, I continued to see therapists, but I switched to a postpartum kind of like a mommy therapist, someone who really understood because my first therapist, while I love her, she was very much like Ellen. She was, you know, older, didn't have any kids. Um, so, and, and she said, she's like, you know, I'm, I'm like an old lesbian you know, lady. And like, I don't have kids, so I'm not the person to relate with you, but here's who I can, you know, uh, refer you to. And I love her. So, um, and I, I think I would maybe see her for some other issues, but right now I'm in the season of mommy and I'm not really, you know, I feel like that chapter has closed and, um, her name was Kelly and she helped me 
overcome like that other chapter and we close that together and I think that's what's so beautiful about therapy is like you are working through these seasons of your life and you might need a different therapist for a different season right you might need a therapist for a divorce if you're going through a divorce someone who specializes in that so I'm with someone who specializes in mom stuff someone who specializes in postpartum support and you know um when I started with my new therapist um she's fabulous i haven't seen her in a while but um i do see her when i need to lately it's through zoom virtual which a lot of therapy or a lot of therapists are available through zoom and available online so that's been really nice to have virtual therapy so just know you have options um but seeing her and working through my motherhood challenges with some support and realizing like you know, the times where I feel rage or the times where I feel this or that, like a lot of it is, you know, there's a reason, there's a root, right? So there's always a root. And therapy will help you get down to the root. It will help you get down to the root. And there's different kinds of therapies. In one of the episodes, I talk all about EMDR therapy. It's an eye movement um, type of therapy where there is a practitioner who kind of does this I don't want to say witchcraft because it's it's actually like scientifically proven and it's like a, a real form of study but it's like magic they can essentially erase some trauma with this type of eye movement um practice with you so there's all different kinds of things but I, I really highly recommend talk therapy to get to the root because you want to uncover why you're feeling this way why do you feel rage why do you feel angry all the time why are you jealous? You know, why do you feel insecure? Why do you feel, you know, this or that? They're going to help you get there. They're going to help you get there. It might take years. You know, everyone has a story and it takes a long time. So you can't go into therapy and expect the very first time you go to feel like, you know, like, oh, I'm better now. You know, um, it's going to take a lot of time to go through your story. You've got a long story, you know, I'm assuming you're 20, 30, 40, 50, however years old, that's a lot of years and a lot of has happened to you. So give therapy some time, give it some time to work, you know, give the therapist a chance to get to know you. Um, and really like applaud yourself for coming far enough to get a therapist, right? A lot of the times people are in therapy to deal with people who aren't in therapy in their lives. And my therapist always said, you know, people worry about going to therapy because they think it's going to make them crazy or they think they're crazy because they need therapy, but the real crazies are out there and they aren't in therapy. So you're not crazy if you go to therapy. There is no stigma. And I remember when I told my mom I started therapy, my family's very old school. Um, so she's like, oh, really? Why? You like you could do this. You could overcome this. And I think it there's just still some stigmas with the older crew that like going to therapy is something flawed. There's like something so wrong with you or, you know, you should be above it and you can pull yourself out of the mud, you know, so to speak, or get back up on the saddle or whatever analogies the older people like to say. But the truth is you can't. And the truth is you do need help. You need someone to help you kind of untangle everything going on in your head and they sort of sort it out it's like this big ball of yarn at the top of your head and you're you show up and you sit across from your therapist and you're like ah look 
you know, I'm a mess. And they're like, oh, hang on a second. I think I see where I can unravel this and straighten it out. So can't, can't say enough good things about therapy. The second thing I want to talk about with emotional healing is sharing your stories. Talk about it. Yes, talk therapy, but tell your friends. Tell your family. Tell people online. You know, tell your diary. Tell your journal. Tell your blog, whatever. Share your stories. Tell whoever, whatever, what you went through. And if you do make it public, you encourage other people to share their stories. And that promotes like a collective, massive healing. Because people want to talk about what happened to them. People want to share the really horrible things that happened to them. They want to talk about their mother who died when they were two. They want to talk about the sexual abuse that made them who they are. They want to talk about the neglect. They want to talk about the addiction that runs in the family. They want to share these painful, painful stories because they don't want to carry it anymore. And if you don't want to carry it anymore, you have to start sharing your story. I'm telling you because I let go of my burden when I began sharing my story. I let go of the shame that it held me. I used to think, oh gosh, what are people going to think about me if they knew that I grew up in a trailer, if they knew that my dad was an alcoholic and he hit us, right? If, he, if people knew that I dealt with, you know, infidelity, if they knew that I was poor, oh no, what would they think? They would think I'm trashy. They would think I'm this. They wouldn't want to be my friend because I went through this. And I'm telling you, no one thinks that but you. No one looks at your shame or your trauma in that same way that you hold shame around it. No one is ashamed of your trauma but you. No one. Okay? And if they are, They don't need to be in your life. If your friend is ashamed that you are sexually abused, oh, well, she's not your friend or he's not your friend. Trust me. Okay? You are not what happened to you. You are your own individual person with your own thoughts and feelings. You are a soul. You are not what other people did to that soul. You are not the hurt that people caused you. You are not your trauma point blank. So once I was able to understand that I'm not what happened to me, I'm not these stories, I'm not what I grew up in, I'm not the house I grew up in, I'm not, you know, these things that happened to me that really hurt. I'm Brittany. I'm, you know, a writer. I like fall, you know, like there's so many things that I am that's just not what happened to me. You know, and I once I dropped that story and I stopped letting it hold victim over me. And I'm not saying you can't be sad. I'm not saying you shouldn't feel those emotions. You can. But what I'm saying is you have the power to let it go. You have the power to say, you know what, that happened to me, but that ain't me. And you have the power to share your story and realize that if people judge, they are not your people. They're not your people. And most people have their own story, okay? They have their own story to heal. It might not be the same as yours. It might not be big T trauma. It might be little T trauma. It might be they moved, 
you know, all around the country because their dad was in the military and they didn't have any friends. You know, it, it could be anything. Um, but when we share our stories, we're able to come together and heal together. And we're able to release that weight around it. And we're able to walk with this, this certain type of freedom. And after I shared these stories, I became so free because I realized I didn't have to carry this any longer. I'm not what happened to me. I'm not my trauma. And what a beautiful thing that is. So I highly recommend sharing stories and start talking about them, right? With whoever will listen, even if it's just your notebook. The other thing is finding healing modalities that work for you. So maybe it isn't, you know, talk therapy right away, right? Maybe it's journaling. Maybe it's meditation. Maybe it's a series of things that you, you know, maybe it's salt baths and, you know, um, essential oils and just thinking about what happened. I, I mean, I think it's just addressing those feelings, finding the, those healing modalities that feel good. I highly recommend talk therapy. I highly recommend sharing your story. And then I, I recommend finding ways to cope with your feelings when you feel out of touch. So if you're feeling anxious, hot cup of tea, essential oils on the wrist, hot bath, cold shower, a run, you know, and not falling into these, um, you know, these bad and addictive behaviors where you're reaching for the glass of wine, you're reaching for the cigarette, you're reaching for whatever it is to numb. I invite you to sit with your feelings. And that's what I mean by these healing modalities. I mean, like, sit with your feelings, find something that helps you cope with your stress, find something that helps you cope with those feelings. Because I'll tell you, it's not alcohol, it's not wine, it's not pills, it's not drugs, it's not sex, it's not anything that you know deep down in your heart that you've been reaching for to numb. It's not numbing, it's feeling. It's going to hurt, it's going to be hard, you're going to be hit with grief, you're going to be hit with a wave of sadness when you're washing the dishes out of nowhere, or a song will come on, or you'll just get a flashback. And the best work you could do is allow yourself to feel that. And I know it hurts, trust me. <laughs> I'm still healing, right? Um, but you'll be able to move past that. You'll be stronger for allowing yourself to sit with it. And the next time you feel something coming on and maybe it's the stress from the day and the kids and you just want to reach for that glass of wine and kind of numb out before bedtime, which I've been there, trust me, um, I ask you to sit with it. What are you trying to run from? What is it? So like things that I'm doing right now are taking hot baths, hot salt baths just about every day before bed. And I am putting a little essential oils on my wrist, which is funny I just said that because like that's what I'm doing. I'm having a cup of hot tea, stress relief tea with chaga every night instead of reaching for a glass of wine or whatever to just kind of numb how I feel. Sometimes the feelings I want to numb are boredom. Being in this quarantine, I'm just like, I'm so sick of doing the same thing every day. I'm so sick of being in my house. I'm so sick of this. I want to escape. I want to whatever. And sometimes a glass of wine would feel like, you know, um, like a little excitement to my day. And I, I realized I need to sit with that boredom. 
I need to sit in that boredom and let it teach me the lessons I need to be taught. I need to sit in my grief and let myself cry and feel it and then let happiness wash over me after it's gone and peace wash over me after it leaves. And I think just sitting with your feelings is such an important, incredible thing to do. And I don't think we do it nearly enough. So I just encourage you, if you're listening to this today, I'm so proud of you for showing up for yourself, for trying to do the emotional work. Like consider this, you doing the emotional work. You're trying to get better. You're trying to feel better. And because of that, you're going to be healing generations after generations ahead of you. You're going to walk into your family healed and healing, constant. And everyone around you is impacted by your healing. Everyone you connect with, everyone you interact with, whether it's family, friends, coworkers, when you show up as a healed person, you help others heal. When you show up as a healed person, you experience life in such a dramatically different way. It's brighter, it's peaceful, it's it's hard sometimes, but it's worth it. It's really worth it to do this type of work. So I'm just so proud of you for taking steps to heal yourself and to move past the things that have happened to you and to share your stories and to remove yourself from any stories that aren't serving you and to create your own story now. Once you become healed and you start this healing journey and you continue this healing journey, because it's not like you just show up to a place like, oh, okay, I'm healed. See you later. I've done all the work. It's like it's a constant doing of the work. There's constantly new events that happen in your life, constantly new things that you have to heal from. So it's always doing the work. But you will be showing up in the world as a more healed person and you're going to be helping, like I said, generations of people to come you're going to heal your family. You're going to heal your children by showing up healed. You're going to teach them how to show up as healed people. So it's just a ripple effect. And I'm just so glad that you are showing up and deciding to do that because like I said, it all ties together with your physical healing and everything else. So thank you so much for showing up today. And if you ever feel like reaching out to me at Brittany Basinski on Instagram, I'm always there to talk or point you in any direction that I can to help. All right. Talk to you soon. Be well. Thank you for showing up today. I appreciate you being here in this space with me. If you are into this episode or you really dig the podcast, I would be so grateful for your five-star review on here, as well as sharing this episode or podcast with your crew. If it resonates at all, that would mean the world to me. Also, here is an invitation to hang out with me on Instagram at Brittany Basinski. You can chat with me here anytime. I would love to connect with you. Thank you so much from the bottom of my heart for being here. Until next time.